0: Welcome to the Business Big Bang Theory, a podcast from the Business Centre, where we talk about all things small business.
1: My name's Steve Wade. I'm the CEO of the Business Centre, and I'll be hosting this with you today. The business Centre is a 35-year-old not-for-profit helping businesses across New South Wales, and that's part of what we're doing today. Uh, this morning's episode is going to be in reputation risk, and we've uh, got a, a wonderful guest in, Pete Chapman here from Enigma a.k.a. Chappie, loves the comms game because it's where art and creativity meets commerce to drive results. Having worked at some of Australia's most awarded agencies, Pete brings energy, enthusiasm and experience uh, of working on multinational brands to the Enigma team. He believes creativity can exponentially help businesses gain bottom line advantage over their competitors. Before joining Enigma, Pete worked for global agencies JWT and Clemenger BBDO. He's going to have a conversation with us about an area that we thought was so important to talk to but we wanted to cover, as we did in our previous episodes, people risk, financial risk, operational risk and, and market failure risk. So Pete's here to talk to us about well, how do, we, how do we communicate through this. I guess first of all, the first thing is, Pete, you and I have been talking about this for the last week or so as we yep. prepare for it. Like uh, me and like our team here, I guess at Enigma, you guys have been working this through. so how have you responded as a business what have, What sort of things have you had to face and do and put in place
2: Thanks Steve. Well, um thanks for having me yeah, you're um, yeah it's been it's been a real um, a real journey, a real time of change mm. I think across all businesses, but certainly for ours as well yeah. I mean, agencies and consultancies are in a unique position compared to most businesses, where we spend probably more time yeah. in in other boardrooms across categories than, yeah. than most people do. Yeah. Um, so we've had the opportunity to see how uh, many categories and clients are dealing with the situation and yeah. we most certainly have had to deal with it ourselves So yeah. the first thing we've done is adapt to the requirements from a safety perspective for yeah. our staff Yeah, and again, we're lucky to be in a business where we are by the very nature of what we do fairly light on our feet
3: yeah.
2: we've got the majority of the business working from home as yeah. you would expect we've got offices in Newcastle and in Sydney yeah. and we found that our requirement to make sure that um, both of those offices felt safe meant that we needed to think about them slightly separately because the markets are different and the point in time at which things were very real in Sydney, for instance, were slightly different in Newcastle. Um, And we've got the leadership team spread across both offices. So it was really important to talk a lot as a business to make sure that we here in Newcastle understood what was happening in in Sydney, for instance, and vice versa. But as you'd expect, we've got, you know, we've got a whole heap of people working from home. There's been some really interesting shifts in the way that we've been doing business Tell um, us throughout more. this Tell period. us more about that. Well, we shot a f- TV commercial on Monday. Wow, how'd you um, do that? Uh, Well, um, we just had to adhere to the health advice, obviously, and and similar to how we're doing it today. COVID spacing. Um, Yeah, yeah, make sure that we're much further away from each other than we would typically be comfortable in being. We worked with a much smaller crew. We had people working on set virtually. Um, So, for instance, we didn't have the creative team on set, which we usually would, but they were very connected to what was happening on set. So, yeah, we had a very light crew. Everybody, we were really, you know, it's important, I think, broadly in this circumstance to be really well planned but were really well planned in what everyone was doing, when they were doing it, and how long we needed to be there for, for instance. And, and got the job done. So, I mean, that in itself is, it was a really interesting experiment to see how differently um, mm. something that we do week in and week out could mm. be done yeah. and adapted to, you know, we're holding focus groups via different um, digital conferencing platforms. Mm. We're mm. doing all sorts of things. We're seeing, I think, seeing the inside of clients' houses more than we've seen <laughs> yeah <you know, laughs>
1: all, all the backgrounds, the different backgrounds. Meeting
2: more clients' children than we've ever done before. But yeah. I mean, Broadly speaking, what have we done in the business to adapt? Well, we've embraced technology. Yeah. And I think that th- one of the best things that will come out of this um, situation mm. is the way it has forced the world, but certainly Australia, mm. to embrace the technology that's readily available. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen any of the major tech stacks need to do anything wholesale yeah. to be able to take the entire country yeah. to work offsite. Yeah. Some of them have had moments where they've gone down. Of course yeah. they have, because yeah. you know uh, there's been huge loads untested loads on each of those systems but to think that there is a plethora of options out there, free options, for people to be able to work from home and stay completely connected suggests that we were behind in the way we were using that technology
1: before. We might talk to that because some of the material you sent me to read, which was fantastic, it's been really interesting how brands internationally have responded to this and the conversation we had about sometimes the difficulty... Of government to respond because yeah. of the the construct that which they operate within but how brands have mm. uh, responded to this and you and i were talking also about for many small businesses it's important and we're conscious of this ourselves that we're not being exploitative and we yeah. don't want to be seen to be that and all of us have seen the the you know the tenfold increase in social media traffic, mm. but before we get on to my first question, in, in essence, with you about you know some of the challenges facing SMEs, what have some brands done internationally that you can that you could share with us? That yeah,
2: I mean it's been it's been really interesting. I, I believe that, that actually the world needs brands more than it it ever has mm. um, at times like these. Yep. I think that brands can play a huge role in stepping up. Yep. Um, for people, because ultimately there are three or four places that that information or content is coming from at the moment. Yep. There's government, yep. and government have a very specific and really important role to play. But their role is to lead us yeah. through this. It's it is a, it is a very uh, you know pragmatic and and serious role to mm. play. Mm. There's the media. The media have a you know an important role to play in relation to information, particularly news media. Yep. And it is in their interest to play that card in a certain way. Mm. I don't think that there's anything happening at the moment that isn't real. And it is being reported on, in my opinion, really appropriately, but you can be forgiven for wanting to turn the news off every yes. second night at the moment. Yeah. And so the role of brands, like the role of media entertainment, mm. are filling a real gap for people. And I think that the more human a brand can be at the moment, the mm. better role that it's playing. Mm. And we're seeing that play out with different brands. You know, mm. Brands that are big, safe, caring brands, are putting out amazing communications, yeah. making people feel Looked after and feel like that. That those brands are thinking about the situation. Zoom, Audible, uh, and then and so so they're doing it in a way that's super useful. So and I think that's the most important thing is think about how you can be useful to people. And then instead of saying something about your business, yeah. do something. Yeah. And it's that doing something that's really sticking and with people, for, for, for small definitely. Businesses as well, a- and yeah. there's examples locally. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a connected example where yeah. uh, Louis Vuitton have um, have transformed all of their perfume houses mm-hmm. into sanitizer uh, factories. Yeah. Now, it's probably the ugliest product that yeah. Louis Vuitton have <laughs> put out in the last hundred years, right? <laughs> uh, but it's probably done more for their brand than anything else yeah. in the last hundred years. Yeah. So. Yeah there's an example of that locally where where herb distillery yeah. make gin yeah now they have all the facility to make hand sanitizer mm. and similarly mm. they've probably done more for their brand and and the awareness of the very fact that they exist mm.
1: and that they're here doing something useful and, and like we were talking about it it was it, it wasn't a, a purposeful act to move outside mm. of their lane it was actually just using the steel and totally. the, the technology and the the resources that they had to do something useful. And they they didn't make a lot of noise about it initially. I think the media found them. They just thought, well, we can't, I open now and sell our gin in a retail environment, let's yeah. do something. Totally. Yeah. You know,
2: they are, if you strip it back, in the business yeah. of making liquid people want. Yeah. Now the liquid people wanted a month ago was gin. Yeah. I'm sure they still want gin. Yeah. But the liquid people need right now is hand sanitizer. So they have the right to do that. Yeah. And I think that is important. You know, you talked about it before and I thought you were really spot on about saying that You need to work out what the guardrails of your brand is and what it is that you're in the business of doing and make sure that that usefulness that you create is within there because I think that what we're all petrified of doing and what is potentially the worst thing we can do is be seen as opportunistic in this time.
1: Yeah.
0: If you have a business problem or question, get in touch with us. We can get our team of advisors and experts to help you with your business problems in an upcoming show.
1: Coming back to small businesses, then, and, and and looking at ways in which which they can consider their brand beyond the next eight weeks, what what sort of insights are you guys looking to help your clients with with regard to that? You know, that that now, yep, that what happens in in the next eight weeks, and then what does it look like after? Yeah. So I think I think you you've hit the
2: nail on the head. There there are multiple timelines in this thing. Mm. Brands need to think about now, and, and what we're seeing is that they're being largely led by their business or operational needs yeah, in yeah. their behavior right now. But I yeah. think the most important thing and the thing the best brands are doing is mm-hmm. separating their brand and their business operations. Mm-hmm. So there are there are things that the business needs to do operationally mm-hmm. to stay in business, to look after its people, to keep jobs, to do the right things by its customers and its shareholders. Yeah. But it's important where possible to separate the brand from that to make sure that that ideally your brand's on a path and to continue that path, regardless of the fact that we need to move and shape and evolve things in the background to stay in business. Now, some of those things that we move and shape and evolve to can impact the brand in a really positive way. But it's important, I think, particularly for small businesses to remember that everything they're doing at an operational level can have a rub off on their brand. Mm. So think about the way that they're doing that and particularly the way they're communicating it mm. and make sure that it's a way they'd want their brand to be represented.
1: Yeah, I saw a great tweet the other night that I shared about people are gonna remember how businesses behaved at this time. Totally. So that that legacy of, or did, were you a good actor? Did you stay in your lane and just do what you do well?
2: Yeah, look, absolutely, I think that I think that values for for a business and a brand have never been more important than they are today. We work with heaps of small businesses Mm -hmm. in helping them define their brand values and their mission and their purpose. Mm. And it has been increasingly over the last sort of five years something that everybody is recognizing as a really important thing. And I think right now today is the ultimate test of why that's so important. So I think the one piece of advice I would give business owners and operators is to, take a really good look at their values
1: make sure they are actually their values Mm. and stick to them like glue now one of the things we also spoke about because I think when I first spoke to you about doing this one I was like a lot of people it was almost overwhelming you know what are we ever going to get out of this thing but Then you sent me some really good reading uh, that we have been here before, obviously this is unprecedented and and a vast matter, but we have been here before and you sent me some really good stuff on SARS and how in the Chinese market and and the consumer uh, behaviour place uh, that there's so many changes happened as a result of that uh, you know an increase in in people being at home and yeah. looking for digital entertainment mm-hmm. options home shopping and then from that era uh, was born alibaba mm-hmm. and then post that event you know cathay pacific who tanked in regards to their share price after this quickly resolved itself they were positioned really well to regain their their share value so it's it's an opportunity although we can't be trite about it, yeah. it is an opportunity to reposition, to recalibrate, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. And I think that,
2: I think the world is looking for businesses to to see the opportunity to stay in business. Yeah. It, it is not going to suit anybody or serve anybody for businesses to put their head in the sand and give up. I yeah. think that there are absolutely businesses that aren't in a position to necessarily trade through this. But it is important to remember that this is a moment in time. Now, we don't know when it's going to end, but ultimately the sun will rise tomorrow. It'll rise on a really different world and that will continue to change. But people are going to continue to buy. They'll buy really differently um, and they'll need different things. The trick is in adapting to that. And actually, I think from a small business perspective, that's the massive opportunity mm. because what we know of big business mm. is that they are by their very nature slow. Mm. Now, they're not all slow. James no. Dyson created a ventilator in 10 days. And, yes. and yeah. again, an incredible example of, yeah. of the work a brand can do for itself yeah. by adapting to a situation and being useful. Yeah. Um, but small businesses have the absolute ability to be agile. Yeah. What, what I think is the most important thing for small business operators is to say, okay, what's the situation right now? What does the world need from me? Mm. like what it needed when I started this business Mm. and how do I create an operation that serves that? So, you know, for instance, when we facilitate brand planning workshops, one of the the things that we do is we say, let's pretend Mm. that a meteorite has just hit your business Mm. and it's wiped it out. It hasn't Mm. wiped any of the people out and it hasn't wiped you out financially, but it's wiped out everything that you do. What does the business look like if you created it for 2025? Yeah. And what that question does is have people think about, not we do it because we've always done it, or this is what we are in the business of doing right now. It has them think about, well, what are our customers really asking for? Where's technology or the world or culture taking us? And where do we think we could be useful? You could ask that exact same question now in relation to COVID-19 and say, okay, in the face of COVID-19, let's assume that everything we're doing is up for grabs. What does it look like when we come out of this? Mm. And I think that the businesses and operators that are in the, Um, situation to be able to do it, should be spending as much of this time as possible Mm. thinking about those kind of questions Mm. and using any of the workforce that have time on their hands Mm. to do it to Mm. implement sort of ideas like that. So it's like like
1: we were talking about early the previous episode that we had with Mitch spoke about recalibrating the financials of your business for three months, six months, 12 months. We need to be doing exactly the same for our brand. Our reputation and how we communicate what we're doing, shouldn't we? Totally, they're coming together, aren't they? Totally. Okay. I mean, I think, as I said before, we don't know what the timeline is on
2: this thing, but what mm. we do know, or what we what we believe, is mm. that there will be there will be a really significant pent up demand for most services. Yeah. Anything that is experiencing a real lag now, yeah. Those consumers aren't going away. No. People are are holding on stuff by and large. And what that means is at a point in time, probably all at the same time, they're going to want those things. So, but those things might be different to what they looked like last week. So the businesses that can adapt to what those things will look like in the future and be there ready to serve it and promote it at the time at which it turns on will win
1: this sort of leads into the the, the next area of discussion which we're going to look at what can businesses do in relation to marketing Mm -hmm. and you've started there to touch on some things like you know get your staff capacity right spend time on stuff that you're going to be too busy to when when the wave hits but then you start talking about things like collecting testimonials Mm. and and, and working on product innovation and sorting out your website what sort of things have you done there with businesses there the one overarching theme Mm. in
2: business Mm. is that The people that have the skills to do all of the things that the business really needs are too busy to often execute most of them. So I think if there's an opportunity here, because the accelerator has come off slightly in relation to business as usual, there's an opportunity to spend the time on all of those things that are at the back of the to-do list. It is the old sort of adage of, draw up a circle, work out what's important and urgent, not important and urgent, important but not urgent, not important and not urgent. Obviously get rid of everything that's not important yeah. and not urgent. Yeah. The not important and urgent probably isn't there right now because if it's if yeah. it's urgent, it's probably important, it's probably business critical. Yeah. But all of the things that are important but not urgent yeah. are the things that we should be thinking about. Yeah. You know, if you've got raving fans from the business, articulate that in some way and get it up there so that people can see it. If you haven't had a chance to write your capability statement or to think about what the website looks like or articulate how your different products work together so that when you're in your next sales pitch, you can put that together in a meaningful way for customers. Do that now. Um, You know, preempt what three or four personas of customer are going to look like and what they might need and build those sales decks now so that, as I said before, when the tap turns on, you're ready to go. I
1: think I was sharing with you, uh, uh, something I saw posted on LinkedIn by a guy called Isaac Watick who put a multiple-choice question up, and the question had three options to answer, and it was, uh, "Who led the digital transformation of your company?" Answer A, CEO. Mm-hmm. Answer B, CTO. Or answer C, COVID nineteen. Circle the correct answer, and, <laughs> and he'd put a red circle around yeah. COVID nineteen. Yeah. So for us, that's certainly been the case because yeah. we believed. That we needed to communicate in this era a little bit more effectively through digital means yeah. through our website but we realized quite quickly when we needed to respond mm. that something we probably should have done about plugins to our website hadn't been done but within a week we had it done yeah. um, the motivation was there to be able to be know, an organization that could communicate that way yeah. Yeah. so again have you found this as well that you're finding clients that are, are now maybe hearing you better about some of the
2: advice you are giving? Yeah, definitely. And I think we're in the same boat. You know, there's examples throughout our business where it's really helped us turbocharge some of the plans that we had. Yeah. Necessity is the uh, driver of change so often. You know, yeah. that's been the case since the dark ages. Yeah. We see time and time again in history mm. that real step change mm. happens because there's a need for it. Yeah. And there's no difference here. I think that mm. I think that the most visible and obvious example mm. will be uh, technology yeah. and, and the use of technology, yeah. but other things will change. You know, mm. the way that commercial developers think about the office space that people need mm. is going to change. Mm. I can't think of a blue chip company that's going to want 2,000 square metres in Martin Place after realising that actually they can have 200 square metres in Martin Place. And the business still functions. And and build four or five satellite functions in Western Sydney, where all their staff are anyway, for them to be able to be closer to home and actually be more integrated in their life. So so I think it's going to change everything.
3: Um,
2: And I think there are things that we're going to change anyway they'll just change quicker I mean our big department stores are an example of a category that is going to change now in
1: a way that would have otherwise taken 10 years yeah so you sort of led on to something there that we also want to talk about so at this point it's it's protecting your brand and your business but doing it in a way that um you keep, your, you keep your customers, you know, you, you keep people moving along. So looking at everything going forward, it's presenting an opportunity, isn't it, going forward. So some of the things also that you sent yep. me, which might be worth having a bit of a look at, was a change from too. So change from competitors to partnerships, we're certainly looking at that and you might have some insights into that moving away which you kind of touched on from traditional products to relevant products yep and uh purpose not in words but purpose in actions what did you do so what 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 thoughts have you got there around that yeah
2: like i think ultimately a brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room (laughs) Now that's what that's what um the ceo of amazon says and i think that that's pretty spot on yeah but what people are looking at and what will inform what they say about you when you're not in the room is is the way that you act right now yeah some of that can be articulated in advertising Mm. and most of it needs to be ultimately because that's the way you get the word out there about your actions but people need to bring their purpose to life through actions at the moment Bunnings, I think, is a really great example of a a business that is being useful. Now, Bunnings is not a business that needs to give us a pat on the back or a we'll be right, guys. They need to be functionally useful. And they've seen opportunity in that, but opportunity in a way that that makes people's lives more fulfilled at the moment. They have big hardware stores. People don't want to be in big hardware stores full of other people at the moment. Mm. So they've quickly deployed the ability to deliver. Now that is a simple thing. It's a big thing for an organization of that size to be able to roll out, but they've done it quickly. And their advertising is simply about the fact that you can get everything that you used to get from Bunnings delivered within three or five days. Now the entire nation is at home. Yeah. albeit most of them working yeah but the entire nation is at home yeah. what people need when they're all at home at the same time mm. is things to do that help them stay sane happy connected yeah and so they've recognized that it's probably the best opportunity yeah. for people to take on home projects yeah. they don't want to go to the store they'll deliver it yeah. the work that bunnings has done in the last 20 years mm. on its brand means they don't need to tell people what they do no everybody knows yeah you put an ad out there that simply says Bunnings is delivering and everything else is done. So for the brands that have been really good in articulating what they give to the world, they can now pivot and articulate how they're gonna be useful
1: right now. And that'll do more for their brand than than anything else could. Yeah, that's a good point. Again, some of the other companies, large companies that we spoke about that I thought was quite, my favorite was the way that Time Out changed their name to Time In just for this period. So I thought that was really cute. (laughs)
0: do you have a business idea, but you're not sure it'll work? We have small business toolboxes and expert business advisors to support and guide you through your startup process. Contact us via our website to find out how, businesscentre.com.au. Okay,
1: we've got a couple of questions. Dave's asked about businesses like accounting, Uh, they are getting slammed. How can accountants that are busy doing the work for customers show their value in marketing? It's an interesting
2: one. I think a lot of our attention has gone to businesses that aren't that busy and how they can keep their brands. Yeah. And even this discussion today yeah. talks to this idea of how do we keep our brand really valuable yeah. when the business isn't that busy? Yeah. Dave's right. There's yeah. businesses out there yeah. um, that are really busy at the moment. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's what we've heard.
2: Yeah. So... I think that the best thing uh, that you can do when you're busy is yeah. to continue to live up to the promises that you're giving your customers. Yeah. To be honest, we are lucky as well. To be professional services, regardless, yeah. have never been more important to their clients than right now. Yeah. Um, so the advice that I'd give, I'd give Dave and any professional services outfit, yeah. is to stay close to your clients, even yeah. though physically you've yeah. never been further away,
1: yeah.
2: and give them the advice and
1: the work that they need. I think it's, reading through some of the material that you've seen as well, I think it's a time historically where you're going to get strange bedfellows, you're going to get interesting and unusual partnerships and collaborations yeah. as a result of how do we do this, I can't do this, or we can't do this on our own, we need to work with people yeah. and we need to kind of, kind of surrender protecting a, a market or a customer base and yeah. say we've got people here that need what we've got and we can't do it by ourselves anymore. And I think, um, you know, there's examples the world over
2: on that, but now is not the time to knife the competition. Mm. Mm. That's what I would say. Australians don't like that. Mm. And if there is a gesture above all that will be really well respected, it's this idea of companies and brands giving up what is just good for them uh, for what is good for all of us. Now, if there's accounting firms over there that are bursting at the seams who know other accounting firms that aren't, how can you create an appropriate Mm. partnership or at least this referral system yeah. that means that the right people are going to the right places. Indeed. If you're an accounting firm that does an incredibly good job um, of tax and um, of compliance broadly, but a, yeah. but a client needs business advice, stay busy doing the tax. Yeah. Work with somebody who's really great at business advice yeah. to help those clients with that. And ultimately what you'll see is when they get busy with that, they're gonna give you some tax work. Now that's just, of course, yeah, an example. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, We've got another one here, which I think is a really, really interesting one, given our whole series started with people risk. So Geraldine's asked, how do I protect my brand if I have to lay off most of my staff, which is a pain point for, and then I know a lot of small, small businesses, yeah. they hold dearly, the, you know, yeah. it's almost a family too. Yep. So how do you maintain your reputation through that? Uh, that's a really, really good question. I'm glad mm. it came up actually, mm. because it's
2: one we meant to touch on through the discussion. Yeah. So I think there's, two, uh, there's probably three parts to that. Yep. One, COVID-19 is not the fault of business owners. Mm. Um, And I think that inherently business owners and operators feel a a sense of guilt and a sense of responsibility to their staff. Now, they should feel a duty of care to their staff. There's no question about that. But this is a situation that requires responding to. Yeah. And a business and a brand is no good to anybody mm-hmm. if it's not here in four months time. Yeah. So what I would say is that people need to, as difficult as it is, take a long-term view to jobs and to protecting the people yeah. uh, and the family. And that's how a lot of businesses think about it, the yeah. family that they employ. Yeah. And what we've found across the board with clients and um, everybody that we're talking to Mm -hmm. is that people are being incredibly pragmatic about this. Some companies have to stand everybody down um, and, Uh, that is an unfortunate circumstance. And I think the government is doing as much as it can to create uh, a mechanism to protect people that are at the most vulnerable. Um, They've also created what I think is a pretty incredible scheme in JobKeeper. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is helping a lot of companies actually not make decisions that they were really dreading making. But I think if you are laying people off, take a long-term view, protect the business and the brand because yeah. it, as i said it is no good to anyone yeah. if the only place it sits in four months time is the history books yeah and the other thing i would say is that as with a lot of these things it's about the way that you do it yeah okay if you're going to lay people off lay them off in a way and talk to them about it in a way that you would like it done to you yeah um, do it in a way that is in line with the values of your company and write everything and speak about everything a in the way that you'd like to be spoken to or written to, mm-hmm. but be in a way that you would expect them to share it with anybody. Yeah. The world is frightened right now mm. and business owners aren't immune to that. I think there's a responsibility on business to be confident and positive, And I think that'll help us push through this quicker. Yeah. But I think, I think that's the biggest thing is deal with it in a human way, but try and be as positive mm. um, and as confident as possible.
1: Yeah. Sandra asked, I'm not a digital person, what are your thoughts on using LinkedIn to connect my B2B customers? I mean, look, without knowing anything yeah. about
2: Sandra's business, it's, yeah. it's complex, but LinkedIn is certainly a really good platform, I think, for business to mm. business. The biggest piece of advice I'd give to business to business customers mm. is that we get, Broadly speaking in marketing, we get really distracted by the idea about talking about business benefit in business to business. But the truth is you're dealing with humans. So I would talk about the emotional and the human benefit of what it is you're providing
1: above all else. And yeah, you've got to work out what platform's best at the moment. So some of the facts and figures you gave me that I thought was interesting in that regard was uh, brand posts, re. COVID-19 almost doubled the week after March 12th compared to the week before. And then there's another interesting one, within that 48 hour period, 30 million emotional posts Mm -hmm. associated with that, but uh, 13 million brand posts within the same time period. And this sort of comes back to this question here about from Alex, how do I engage with my customers on social media without coming across as corny. Mm. So that, that's that exploitative, stay yep. in your lane, yep. don't be putting stuff out there that's really not so far away from who you are or what your values are. Yeah.
2: I think that comes down to not just getting on the bandwagon of talking about the, the crisis. I mean, mm. I don't know anybody who needs another piece of information about coronavirus yeah, I know. Um, coronavirus has created the context in which we in, we are in mm. we are in a context where yeah. people are acting and performing and being in a certain way yeah. it doesn't mean our communications needs to talk about that contents no. we still need to deliver the content that is useful to our customers yeah understanding the context mm. so no good talking to them about a fabulous new this or that that you've got for inter you know to have in the office yeah. no one's in the office no for
1: example no but
2: uh, it doesn't as well mean that we need
1: to be talking about yeah. covid19 yeah okay there's a good one here you may know more a lot about this than i would but ezra asks what are customers engaging uh, at the moment what are the latest stats if you know people got yep. a sense of in of this in Australia where are people operating where are they where are they engaging
2: so what we find in times like this is that people people go back to what they know largely so yep. the media channels that that are the most active um, yep. no no doubt is digital but is also the likes of tv and radio yep. and even the newspaper yep. Yeah, you know, the, the the TV and the radio is on in more Australian households than it ever mm. has been in the last, yeah. you know, uh, rememberable past. I think those channels are busy. As far as what people are doing, mm. there is an incredible simplicity that has been cast upon us mm. as a nation. Mm. Um, the busyness has been stripped out of people's lives yeah. and people are dealing with that in one of two ways. Yeah. It's driving some people crazy, I'm sure. Mm. It's really complex for other people who feel Mm. lonely or isolated. Mm. And it's hugely refreshing for others. Mm. There there is a huge portion of the market Mm. that has felt for a long time too busy and is taking the opportunity Mm. to be forced to mm. slow down, mm. to reconnect. It's a phenomena, isn't it? It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I would relate to that personally. Yeah. We have three little kids. We are incredibly busy. My yeah. wife's busy. I'm busy. We're busy as a family. Yeah. And there is often not time to to stop and smell the flowers. Yeah. And I would say if there's a silver lining in this thing, yeah. it is that people are are within the same household, having the opportunity to spend more time together. Even,
1: I think even for us as a work team, when we kind of moved across to digital platforms, we're using Asana, we're using Slack, we're using Outlook. Hmm. We've got our mobile phones, we've got LinkedIn, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram. But as a work group, I think we all, after about four or five days, all reflected with each other and said, we have to stop. We have to, it made us stop something perhaps that we would not have done because of the forced connectivity that we said we need to, for for Slack, for example, I think we've all pretty much adhered to it where we stop at five, no more Slack channels. Uh, no more, you know, yeah. and and I think all of us have been respecting that. So it's it is it is a shift, isn't it?
0: Create your own Big Bang and see your business idea come to life. Our online course, Start Your Own Business, helps you learn the basics in marketing, compliance, modelling and small business finances. As a bonus for our podcast listeners, you can use the code BIGBANG to access the Start Your Own Business course online for free at businesscenter.com.au.
1: I want to get to your five top tips. Oh, yes. And then to conclude, you sent us a a really beautiful definition of a a Chinese word, Mm. which I want to end on, and we'll come back to that about about, crisis. But what five top tips that we can close on now
2: uh, okay cool so i've written them down so right don't forget yeah. them yeah, um, number through. one stick to your values yeah. um, stick to them like glue do things the way that that you'd like them done to you yeah. um, and that you think as a business you would ultimately do them or a brand yeah. separate the operation or mm. the operational um, needs of right now yeah. and your brand yeah try and continue your brand on the path that is right for it mm. um, whilst doing the biz- doing what's needed in the business to stay healthy mm. Uh, number three, take a long-term view to keeping jobs. Mm. Business owners will serve nobody by mm. going out of business, mm. trying to protect people. Mm. You will do more for your family of employees long-term mm. by keeping the business healthy, I truly believe that. Yeah. Be positive yeah. and look for the opportunity. Yeah. And that's what the world needs from us right now, yeah. is a optimism, laced of course with pragmatism, mm. that sees that this is a moment in time. Yeah.
3: yeah
2: and above all, look to be useful above everything and avoid being opportunistic. Mm. If you can Mm. fill a use in the lives of your customers, Mm. the the revenue and the profit will come. Mm. Think not about what you can make money out of right now, but what problem you can solve. Mm. I mean, that's true of business broadly,
1: that's what we should all be doing, Mm. but it's more important now than ever. Uh, You sent me a great report, and I'll talk to you more about it, whether we've got some ability to share some of that report, because I think it's gold. Um, And and one of the the slides that I sat on was in regards to um, the Chinese word for crisis, which carries two elements, danger and opportunity. No matter the difficulty of the circumstances, no matter how dangerous the situation, at the heart of each crisis lies a tremendous opportunity. And the Chinese word for that, which I'm going to attempt, is wei weiji. So uh, interesting um, insight, isn't it? That yeah. we're really conscious about providing practical information at the business centre. We've had great input from people such as yourselves who've yeah. donated that time. But at the same time, we wanted to conclude this first series on reputation and, and brand yeah. because there is an after. Yeah. And I think it's important to, as we move through the different phases of this, that, that we do have a sense of, of the after and what's next. Yeah. yeah,
2: Look, I agree. I mean, I think that, that, that is so interesting um, that the Chinese word is made up of, mm. of those two parts in danger mm. and opportunity. Mm. You know, and, and history can be a, a fantastic settler in times like this. Mm. Across the entire world, mm. there's no statues of people cast in iron for doing a reasonable job when times were good. Mm. You know,
1: this mm. is the time to step up and to lead yeah. and for us to get through it yeah.
2: and get better at it.
1: All right, Pete, all the best to you and the team at Enigma, all the best to you and your, your family. And we Thanks look to. forward to keep collaborating with you if you have always done with the business centre. So thank you very much for your time. It's very kind of you and we really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Okay, if you want to contact Pete, please get in touch with us and we'll forward on your details. If you want to get some support from the business centre, we, we keep doing what we're doing. We get support from the state and the federal government, and through the state government we've got a program called Business Connect, which allows us, the, the government has said we can open that up now, there's no co-payments, it's completely subsidised, we've got a great team of advisors that understand no business, it's what they do, and they're here to listen, and that's kind of what we all need to do to start with before we act. Thanks for joining us, uh, thanks to our team, and uh, have a good day, goodbye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Business Big Bang Theory podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast today, please review and rate us through iTunes and follow and share on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn at the Business Centre.